Dear listeners, this is Shawnee. In honor of Bookstore Romance Day, we are headed to Redondo Beach on August 17th for an author signing. We're super excited to be heading to Creating Conversations, a mysterious galaxy partner. And we're going to be hearing from four authors, including Scarlett Peckham, who wrote The Duke I Tempted and The Earl I Ruined. Yes. Uh, so stay in tune because we're going to be uh, reviewing The Earl I Ruined next time. And hopefully including some snippets from their conversation at the panel. I'm excited, Bridget. I'm not going to lie. This is our first event together, and I'm pretty stoked about it. I got his t-shirts. Did you? Yeah. Oh, oh. cool. <laughs> is my is mine big enough to go over my stomach? <laughs> yes, it is. I am currently very pregnant. Um, it's going to be great if you guys are around on the 17th and want to go listen to some people talk about romance novels. We will be there. Feel free to hit us up and let us know. Yeah. We're, We're super friendly. Super friendly. Uh, and if you're not going to be there, well, that's okay because we'll tell you all about it. In the next podcast. Absolutely. We got you. Romance at a glance. Uh-huh. Romance at a glance. What you say now? Romance at a glance. Romance girl. <laughs> <laughs> well, hello, fair listeners, and welcome back to Romance at a Glance, a podcast mm. where we dissect the romance novels from the supernatural to the historical to the modern to the kinky to the vanilla and everything in between and yes, break girl. it all down for you. Mm-hmm. I am here with Shawnee, my lovely co-host. And I'm here with Bridget, my lovely co-host. And today we are talking about Dark Lover, which is book number one in the Black Dagger Brotherhood. Now, if you do not know about the Black Dagger Brotherhood yet, you are in for a treat. If you don't know, now you know. Now you know. Written by uh, J.R. Ward, um, who I must say writes books incredibly fast. So fast. well. Because she puts out a lot of books and it is... An impressive feat because they're all enjoyable. And they're long. And they're long books. They're very complicated and they have great mythology in them. Mm -hmm. So this series of books is about the Black Dagger Brotherhood, which is a race of warrior vampires. But they're not the vampires of old where they're biting humans and all this other stuff. They're really only feeding off vampires because otherwise the blood won't sustain them. So this book is focused on Wrath, who is the heir to the kingdom of vampires, and who does not want that. And Beth, who is about to go through her transition, and her father, who is Rath's best friend, wants Rath to help her through. But Rath wants no part of that. Until her dad dies. Dun, dun, dun. And so Rath now feels honor-bound to help her because the dad is done. So he's kind of forced into it. He is. Forced, all that forced sex. All that forced sex. <laughs> What a tragedy for tragedy. him. So here's the synopsis, the official synopsis. In the shadows of the night in Caldwell, New York, there's a deadly turf war going on between vampires and their slayers. There exists a secret band of brothers like no other, six vampire warriors, defenders of the race. Yet none of them relishes killing more than Wrath, the leader of the Black Dagger Brotherhood. The only purebred vampire left on Earth, Wrath has a score to settle with the slayers who murdered his parents centuries ago. But when one of his most trusted fighters is killed, leaving his half-breed daughter unaware of his existence or her fate, Wrath must usher her into the world of the undead, a world of sensuality beyond her wildest dreams. And this book gets sensual. This book, this book is hot. This book is hot. This book is hot. Bridget. Beth's hot. Wrath's hot. 
stuff they do together. The stuff they do together. Hot. Hot. H A U T E. Hot. 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 Yes. Okay. When did this book come out? Actually, 11, 12, 13, 14. 2005. I was a senior in high school. That makes total sense. So I feel like, or I feel like I read this in college. My sister read it first. She gave me Vicious's book first, though, and I was like, "The fuck is this series about?" (laughs) Oh, you read Vicious's first? Yeah. That's the one with like Jane. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, Vicious is the one with the kink. The kink, 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 kink. Wait, wait, what, what? What uh, what year were you in high school? I was when I read. I think I was in college. You're okay. Yeah. Oh, oh wait, it, yeah. It came out, but you read it later on. No, it came out when I was in college. Oh okay okay. Vicious, this book came out in two thousand seven. I was in my sophomore year of college. So I think my sister read it and then like I got it from her at home when I came home for break or something like that. At first, it's weird because I feel like this this whole series is like a contradiction. <laughs> So like everything I believe in, like as a person in my outside life, like in my vanilla life, mm. you know, but like in my kink life, like I'm here for it. <laughs> yeah. I mean, like if someone came in today and was like, the reason you've been feeling so terrible isn't because you're pregnant. It's because you're actually half vampire and you need to drink my blood to become full vampire. I'd be like, I'm okay with it. <laughs> <laughs> I'd be like, oh, you're like six foot seven and two fifty and you like kill things and maybe are blind and you're going to whisk me off into some underground world and life in a mansion that also is owned by my dad, apparently. I mean, twist my arm. My life wasn't that great anyways. I didn't even like my life. My life was terrible. As a reporter at a shitty newspaper, never got good assignments because of sexism. And I almost got raped the other day trying to get my fucking Chinese food after work. But I fought them off, kicked their asses. And I'm um, friends with some police. Uh, who also want to bang me <laughs> who also want to bang me but I have no sexual interest in anyone except for you so I was like I may as well take a chance yeah may as well because obviously I didn't have a sex drive before I did not I have a sex you. drive before we met you yeah. I do feel like that's one funny thing that has happened in in many different series is either they don't have a sex drive at all the women or the men before yeah. they meet the other person or alternatively once they feel it for that person they will never again feel it for another yes. which I'm like <laughs> In both cases, is extremely convenient. Yeah. It, I mean, it really... <laughs> I mean, it's kind of romantic and also kind of weird, but... It's like my 15-year-old self. Like, my 15-year-old self thought that it was, like, super romantic. Yeah. Now, as, like, a grown-ass adult, and looking back, I'm like, why... Just why are there so many books yeah. that are set up this way? Yeah. Like, these virginal characters, these whatever, I'm like... I'm just like, uh... I mean, not all the... I mean, I guess to the credit of J.R. Ward, not all of the women in the in all of these books are... Virgins, virgins or yeah. virginal yeah before they hook up with hook their... up with them but then there's the whole like uh all the chosen sure. who are all virgins right it's like this harem but they're like kind of godly but you they're untouchable they're so pure that whole thing yeah you're like uh yeah. so for this book like even though some of the premises i think i'm kind of like oh this could be kind of problematic but in romance, sometimes you just got to suspend your disbelief. Sure. And so she set up this world where there is ritual and protocol. Mm-hmm. Like, there is a definite place for the women. There's a definite place for the men and how they operate within each other. And 
it's always the women who are coming in who are not part of this set up world that are end up with the brothers or whatever and don't have to subscribe to like this place of a woman, mm-hmm. you know? Um, and so that's kind of, I feel like why I can really just be like in it. I'm like, no, this is the world. That's how, how it is. It's like, if I, you know, go somewhere where they wear her job, well, they wear her job here. That's what they mm-hmm. do here. So yeah. I can like go with it, you know? I think it certainly helps in the book that there are another species. Yeah. And that the differences between males and females in the other species are far greater difference than they are in humans. Yeah. Like the males are not just larger, like they typically are in humans, but they're like 2x the size of a female vampire. And they're like 10x the strength and 10x the aggression and 10x the bloodlust. So, I mean, and they also have like, the genetic differences of like the bonding scent and the marking and the like, so like, I feel like that for me made it just really easy. Cause I was like, Oh, well there, there are another species and this is the rules of that species. Yeah. And I also do feel like, I mean, spoiler for later books, but I also feel like a lot of the women who come in, even Beth in later books reject the sort of um, cloistered femininity of vampire women and kind of start to bring vampires into the modern sort of more human-like human-like yeah. equality of a partnership. Um, but I think it's easier for me because it's like, if I'm looking at my husband and myself, I'm like, okay, the difference between us physically isn't that. I mean, he's, yeah, he's four or five inches taller than I am maybe, but, like, he's not that much. I mean, he's not 10x stronger than me. You know what I mean? He's not, <laughs> yeah. like, the world's strongest man. But, like, if he was, you know, six foot seven and 250 and, like, had been trained since birth for the last 400 years to kill things, I'd be like, no, to be fair, killing is your deal, not mine. Not mine. <laughs> you know what I mean? I weigh, you know, a buck 40 and I'm human. So it's like, okay, cool. Like, you, you've you got me there. So for me, the species, the species delineation yeah. and how different, the again, you said, like, the world building is so good. The way she describes, even the way they interact with each other is is very like uh primal like when him in torment when he offends torment he offers to let torment essentially like kick stab shoot whatever he wants yeah. to do him free shot yeah whereas here people be like free shot you can punch me in the jaw he was like choose your weapon yeah and torment's <laughs> like nah bro you're the king i'm not gonna stab you but um but like the way even when they get into fights with each other the fights like frequently end with someone being slammed into a wall or punched yeah. in the face some of the language annoyed me but also it fit the world building mm-hmm. some of the things and the the words that they use like for some reason when they say shit kickers shit kickers it she says it so many so times throughout the series many times yeah. and i'm like I literally like, what like is a shit kicker? I googled it because yeah. I was like, "Is this like a?" It's like a. It's well, I it's never googled shoe, it. It's, it's, a, it's like a shoe that a I would imagine like Marines wear. Yeah, or something. it's like a big like boot a combat shoe. boot. Yeah, yeah. And it, but it, but it was like in context, I was like, "Okay, I think this is yeah. a shoe." Yeah. But it, she says it so many times, and it's such a word that I never hear in my real life that it was always jarring. Like, yeah. and it felt like old. It felt like something my grandmother would say, or yeah. like like my grandfather would say, something yeah. like that. Um, and so, but like on in that same note, because of some of the weird language, it kind of helps me stay in this weird world. Mm-hmm. So even though the word, I'm like, that is the dumbest word I've ever heard. <laughs> she has a couple of really interesting like ways of referring to the daggers and the guns yeah. and the. Um, and just like my leathers, yes, as like 
clothing, like things Which is like that. Funny because there's this whole thing with leathers and like BDSM it's a lot of leather. and like leather. There are leather bars with leather sure. boys and sure. stuff. And so, whenever they say leathers, for some reason I think about like the leather boys. Yeah, <laughs> like the. I don't think that's what they're going for. I, don't, I think I they're just wear leather because leather is thicker to protect them from getting stabbed by lessers and shot and stuff. They may like a little paint. <laughs> that know. does, though, bring me to the first thing and, like, what type of book is this? I thought when I originally read this book that it was going to be much less vanilla and much have much more kink. Yeah. But aside from the blood drinking, but it's like he's a vampire, so it's like that to me doesn't even feel like kink because it's paranormal romance about vampires. So, like, that doesn't even feel like kink to me in this book. That just feels like a part of the world. Like, of course. Like eating a hamburger. Yeah. Like, yeah. it's sexual, obviously. Like, yeah. But it's not like he tied her up first or, like, she tied him up or, yeah. like, there's spanking involved or anything. You know, it's like their love story is very, it's a very much a love story. Yeah. Maybe I, I can ask you this question, right? So, okay. do you feel like there was enough? interaction between the two of them we're going so out of order here but like do you feel like there's enough interaction between the two of them to warrant the love story that they have or the quickness of the love story that they have only because they're and he's another species (laughs) i feel like like that's like the reason he like bonds with her right away so he like takes one whiff and then he immediately is emitting a bonding scent so clearly there's like a lot of physiology involved in this whole thing and some probably like scribe virgin shit you know So, like, that for me, I was, like, and for her, it's physiology as well. Like, she's never felt lust before until she, like, literally sees him and smells him. And then she's, like, oh, shit, I'm on board for this D. You know what yeah. I mean? So, if, if it's two human beings, I'm, like, nah. But because he's a vampire and she's half vampire and becomes a vampire and they go through, like, the very intense. I also feel like, in general, in romance novels that have any sort of danger element, People bond quicker. It's true in, yeah. in life or death yeah. situations. And in in this short, I mean, it's not a short book, but in this book, I mean, they have numerous times where people are almost dying, be that them or she's like helping Rage, you know, drink his his seltzer and like yeah. calming the beast and like him I've, helping her get through him the transition. helping her get through the transition. Yeah. Him getting almost murdered in front of her and her fighting the dogs off. Like, there's definitely a lot of like oh, I'm willing to, like, sacrifice myself for you in a quick period of time. So, like, I actually really agree. There's some books where I'm like, that happened too fast. But this one actually, it was, by Chapter 5, they were getting getting going. Yeah. Um, and it was, like, the perfect amount of time for me. I was like, yeah. there was a perfect amount of, like, huh? And then, like, yeah. As crazy as it sounds that the you can bond. I remember, like, there being, like, a hurricane at my school, right? And they made everybody from the dorm stay in this one building. And we all slept in this one room or whatever. We all played games all night or whatever. And I think we were there for like two days. After two days, we were all like the best of friends. After we saw each other, like after that, we were like homies for life. You know what I mean? So there's something to be said for like there being a disaster and you being forced to be with someone for a while. And then just instantly bonding over the fact that you had to. It's like if you go to camp for a week. Yeah. And you just hang out with people for 24 hours a day for a week, and all of a sudden you're like, I'll never leave you. <laughs> <laughs> then you leave and you're like, what's the name again? Like, Who's that? I don't remember. Um, <laughs> you come back with the Savannah accent. Yeah. I mean, I've totally fallen in love with someone in a week. Yeah. Yeah. So- okay. <laughs> it happened so fast. It was all good. So um, I also think that Butch was a really good element to weave through their story because having having her be uncertain 
but also like he was so questioning and so against wrath and so yeah. against the brotherhood and so like pushing her all the time that I feel like it almost made her make her decision faster because she's like no I know you're wrong I know he's not dangerous I know something's going on and something is wonky yeah. but I know he's not gonna hurt me I know you're wrong about that I know that he's gonna help me and he's here to help me and he's gonna help me like learn more about my dad that that was the thing for me like I think they gave I think for a reason to go yeah I think she was given a reason to go where and I also like the fact that once she was like <laughs> it's actually one of my favorite quotes in the book about um say it later um when he came back and she had said to like butch oh your friend who came he's like my friend I didn't send any friend and she's like wait what who said was I <laughs> I'm sorry what now uh, pardon? Oh, you, you know, know, I was just kidding. Yeah. She tries to like bounce and she's like, no, on. what friend? <laughs> yeah. You know, and at that point she realizes, oh, this is not somebody who's a friend mm-hmm. of a friend or that's somebody I know. Oh, mm-hmm. shit. Who did I just sleep with? Oh, yeah. fuck. Yeah. You know. After also, the- though, would you? If, okay, so let's just put this in the scenario that it is Butch's friend. Yeah. Would you actually go up to Bush and be like, thanks for sending your friend to me. <laughs> We had multiple orgasms together and got sweaty because my air condition is broken. Yeah. Would you really go up to your his friend the next day and be like, yo, bro, thank you for sending over the sex machine? No. You wouldn't say I mean, maybe, I don't know. That seems like a weird thing to say. Especially since Obviously, Rath didn't say anything about Bush. Yeah. Or like, Bush sent me over here to protect you. Or Bush, what? Like, it was a leap. She made a it leap. It was a fucking... <laughs> I mean, I think it was a leap to protect her sanity a little bit. Yeah. Like, oh, it must have been Bush yeah. who said Especially because she, she was already like, oh, we had unprotected sex. Right. Like, I don't know if he's got something. Which, he's so hot, he probably has something. That's like one of the best things about vampire books. The convenience of not only that they cannot carry human diseases... But also that they can't impregnate someone yeah, because the they, they can like, smell the fertility. I'm like, I'm into this vampirism. Listen, if I could smell my fucking fertility. Right? Like, I wouldn't be fucking pregnant right now. Can I tell you that right now? <laughs> yes, I would. I was trying. I was trying. <laughs> it wasn't an accident. Um, but, Mommy loves you. Yeah. But, like, if I knew I couldn't have any diseases, too, like. I would be such a hoe right now. I would be such a skank. Yeah. Like, all the way. All I would, the I would time. be like, every, raise your hand if you want to bang. Especially <laughs> when I was younger, too. It's like, I'd be like, oh, you're not fertile? Let's do this. <laughs> oh, I'm not fertile? If there was a man who could smell my fertility, I for sure I'd yeah. be like, hey, how about you and I do this? Yeah. How about we talk? One thing I do want to say about, not about fertility, but I was just thinking about real human beings versus book people, is... I do think that romance novels and porn do a disservice to people in general on both sides of the both sides of the coin because in both scenarios everyone's always wanting to have sex more yeah. and always ready to have sex right then and always like neither of them need any foreplay yeah. most of the time yeah. sometimes they do but most of the time they don't and like everyone's orgasming every time and I feel like for, you know, I feel like women get down on men a lot for watching porn. But I'm like, if you read a lot of romance novels, it's the same thing. Because you're yeah. like, why is my husband sleeping with me five times a day? Like, I walked past him this morning in my pajamas. <laughs> and he did not want to bend me over the table and have sex with me 
while people were down the hallway and he didn't care. You know what I mean? Like that I feel like is, it's just an unreasonable explanation. I feel like paranormal for me is a little bit easier to separate just because I'm like, well, they're vampires. That's why they can get it out 50 times a day. And that's why they're always like wanting to mark people and claim them and bite them and, and I'm like, human people aren't like that. I think, I mean, I think that's a solid point because I've been reading romance novels since I was like 12 or 13. Like, I don't know why they had them in my middle school library. <laughs> that was irresponsible. However, I found one, Daniel Steele, and it was a wrap. You know, I just escalated from there. And so I grew up having a very unrealistic expectation of what it was supposed to look sure. like. You know, so and the all-encompassing love right away, yes. and like, and that like you had to marry the first person you were with. I mean, I was so super naive. I remember, and I just, I remember the first time I ever had sex. I was like, oh, I gotta marry this person. Like that was yeah. a real thought I had, yeah. and I was like, yeah, I don't really want to marry this person. Like, you know, yeah. and so uh, it, it's just very, it's just very interesting now. Like having come through that to look back and be like, that was not a healthy way to learn about sex Mm-mm. or love or both or them independently of each other yeah. or whatever whatnot so yeah it's very I mean, it's just like yeah good to know that it's a story yeah. like always dear readers keep in mind that your husband or boyfriend or a lover or some random guy you meet at the club isn't gonna have sex with you 10 times a day for the rest of your life yeah and spoiler alert for the series even beth and rath go through some dips in their their, uh, their boning frequency, which I actually like about her future books. So one thing that I think is really nice about romance novels is that you get happily ever after. Yeah. Because who wants to read a fucking romance novel where they don't end up together? That's the worst. Yeah. It's like the stupidest thing of all time. I'm sorry. No, I'm here for the fantasy. I'm yeah. here for the happy ending. But I do like in her books, because she follows the same group of people for so long, she can kind of revisit as like the subplot of future books these same characters over and over. So you actually really get to go in depth, not only into the, oh, and they're going to be happily ever after, that's it, we never see them again, but you get to, like, see them, like, work through some real shit as, like, children come in the mix, as jobs come into the mix, as all this other stuff happens as they evolve, and, like, they're they're still in love. This The love is still first and foremost. The love is still going to conquer all, but they have to, like, figure it out, which I really like those stories in the later books, I think. I only like them in other books. Like I don't like the, I don't like the sequels about about a character. I want them to be a subplot. Yeah, it I has to. It has main, to be. A I want subplot. a different couple to be the main character. Yeah, but I want to still like get a couple chapters of their yeah. what's going on. It's kind of like you know you know thanks Disney, but like Cinderella. It's like Cinderella too. I I don't want to be about the struggles that her and the prince are having with their you know like. Yeah like their marriage and there's an infidelity i I just i don't you know there's i'm like Like cinderella too should be about their kid and then you get to see a glimpse into their life exactly that's exactly (laughs) what i want to do also i already feel like once i followed the story like i did my work i put in my time here you know like (laughs) i got my happy i got my happy ending yes you know and it's it's probably the reason why i don't read um series that follow the same character mm. like if there's 18 books there's one one what's that series oh nalani nalani singh has the uh Ar- Ar- uh archangels archangels so there's like 20 um, books or something yeah like i think i may have read three of them yeah. you know and then i'm like i can't i don't want to yeah. follow the same character also yeah. authors just know when to end a story like yeah. 
there doesn't need to be 20 books of a series because mm-hmm. you, now you're revisiting the same storyline, even if you yeah. add put different people in or whatever. Yeah, it's like a different evil, but it plays out the exact yeah. same way because you know the main characters are going to win. And I will accept you writing a whole new series that literally is identical to another series yeah. if it has different characters. Yeah. Like, so just yeah. stop. And that's what I think. That's what, yeah, I definitely think that this is a better way to go where it's, it's still the same through line of the series. They're still fighting against the lessening society. They're still like the whole war is the same, the whole series. Yeah. It's just that you follow it from different characters, points of view. And, and I, nice. I do actually like, I didn't like when I first read this book, following the lessening society as, um, Oh my God. I, I'm not going to lie. I skim those chapters. Yes. In the, when I first read it, I would skip them. I was yeah. like, I don't care about this. I just yeah. want the story. Um, but in the last, th- this last time I read it, and even the time before, I was like, oh, that's, what, what actually happens with them? Because there's moments in the book that didn't quite make sense because I never would really, yeah. like, listen to those. Um, but these last time around, I actually listened to what was going on. And even though I wasn't, like, super interested, it it did give m- way more context to what was happening. And then I actually understood what the the omega sort of kind of understand like mm-hmm. who the omega is yeah what is the less danger more real for sure yeah and then and they were more like they're like psychopaths yeah, so it really did amp you know yeah. things up and i'm like oh that's how like i didn't realize how the lessening society originally found out about the location of the black dagger brotherhood or darius's mansion or whatever because i just skimmed that i don't really know what the omega is like <sighs> creepy yeah it's like it's it's probably better that way. It's creepier and scarier, yeah. you know? And, you know, somebody who grew up Christian, you, you know, Alpha and Omega. Sure. Like, the Omega is the last, you know? And it was always the, the scary the thing. Like, even when my mom said it, you know, she'd be like, he's the Alpha and the Omega. Yeah, right. <laughs> the Omega. Omega. So it has a, this connotation for me. I was like, ooh, the Omega. Yeah. And yeah. It, it stops here. The book stops yeah. here. I do like, even though I have said that I skim through the parts where they talk about the lessening society from their point of view. Um, one thing I think that is really important, if this is your first time reading J.R. Ward, is make sure you actually read those because it really puts into respect how scary the lessening society is towards vampires in general and also how scary the Omega is to the lessening society because even the head for lesser is terrified of the Omega yeah. and terrified that he's going to like do something wrong and then the Omega is going to visit him, which... Obviously means the Omega's going to, like, murder you or torture you, probably torture you in some sort of, like... I feel like in one of the later books, it's, like, kind of, like, a creepy, sadistic, sexual sort of thing. It is. I think he, like, anally rapes them. I think he rapes them, them. yeah. Yeah. Um, So, yeah. So, like, it definitely puts in the fact that this is something that they should all be worried about and scared about. And their families do get targeted. And they did watch their families get murdered in front of them and stuff like that, so... They also, like, when they become one of the lessenings, in, like, mm-hmm. inducted, they lose their sex drive. Yeah. Like, they become impotent. Yeah. Which is a very interesting, like, I guess, twist for me. Mm-hmm. Because I, I I thought that because they became impotent, it would take away the, um, that thing that always ends up happening, become like, becoming a thing, which is, like, somebody steals you and then you get raped. The women get raped, yeah. Women get raped, but they can't rape, right. so, like... What, what, now what does that mean? What, right. you know, what incentive do they have to keep a woman around? And that comes out later in later books. But it was interesting because I was like, oh, well, we won't fall into that trope or whatever. Mm-hmm. And like, mm. 
<laughs> I, I, I totally agree. Because it, it, rape does definitely come up in these books, both female and male. Yeah. Um, not obviously from people who are impotent from lessening society, but just human on human or vampire on vampire. Um, which I think is good because I think ignoring the fact that it happens in society is not good. But also not like every woman character in these books has been raped or is raped, which sometimes I feel like in paranormal or in even in romance novels in general, it's such a thing people like immediately go to like, oh, she got raped before and now he's going to be the one who like brings her back to sexual life and yeah. treats her right. And I'm like, yeah, that's cool. But like, I mean, I understand that sexual violence is a huge, huge problem and tons and tons of people have experienced it. Um, male and female, but not every single character in a fantasy novel needs to experience it. Like, yeah. there can be other experiences. Also, sometimes I'm not, like, wanting to go on that journey of, like, the healing process for a character. I like when books have that, and they're like, oh, you know, there's an understanding there, whatever. Sometimes I'm just not, I'm just not in the mood for it. Mm-hmm. Like, so, yeah. so I'm I'm happy that it's not, like, something, I, I don't feel like it's overused mm-hmm. here. And I think when it is used, especially in, like, um, uh, I mean, Bella's story Zadist. about getting, in Zadist, you know, Zadist. about the. I would say Zadist. Yeah, it's Zadist. it's spelled with a Z, but I think it's Sadist. It's a silent Z. Oh, Sadist. Because Zadist. 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 You know, like, wrath, torment, and, you know, Sadist. Sadist. Oh, I was, but I always say Zadis in my mind because there's a Z. Like, <laughs> I don't know what you meant because she spells yeah, all the names I funny. Anyway, <laughs> Zadis, Zadis. Um, <coughs> him and Bella's story is very much sort of like about that mm-hmm. and, and encompasses that, especially from Zadis' um, perspective. Um, I'm not sure if Bella was ever raped, but I think she was tortured. I don't remember if she. Was, I think she was kidnapped and she was kidnapped tortured and tortured a little bit. Or whatever. And that's kind of how... But the lessening society kidnapped her, so I don't think she was raped. Yeah. and uh, But Zadist was. Right. Because um, he was a sex slave. Yeah. And so... There's, for fucking centuries. For centuries. So he's kind of got a pass he's Everybody's like, pass. he's the crazy one. You're, yeah. like, you're like, yeah, but... Yeah, but... He you know, deserves to be a little crazy. Why just have a little grace for him? Yeah. You know what I mean? I do think... So one thing I liked about these books is that... Everyone is such an individual. Yeah. And also I liked the way that they all like interact. I feel like not everyone is like, you can tell which people are friendlier. Yeah. Oh, like these two are clearly besties and these two clearly fight together. And these two clearly don't really like each other, but they're in the brotherhood. So they deal with it. And, but I feel like across the board universally, like everyone is scared of or worried that Z- Sadist is going to like attack someone yeah. or kill Beth. And he's like, not that bad of a guy. Like, he doesn't do anything to deserve what they're saying. Aside <laughs> from that he, like, shows no emotion and looks scary. Yeah. But he really doesn't do anything bad during this entire book. Yeah. Um, but I do, I just love that there's so many questions about all these other people's backstories. Like, where did the beast come from for yeah. rage? And, like, where did, why did say this? Why is everyone scared of him? Why does he have, why did Rath say, don't ever touch him? Why does he have... You know, tattoos and a scar when no, you know, vampires are scarred. And yeah. like, why is Fury missing a foot? Like, what? You know, like, there's so many different ways. You know, why is Vicious always wearing gloves? You know what I mean? Like, there's so many good questions that I remember reading this. I was like, ooh, I want to read the next book because I want to find out about the next characters. What? Like, what the fuck's going on and learn more about their... You know, they've been friends for hundreds of years and stuff. Well, so. I love when the author, like, before she starts book one, yeah. has already figured out 
the world yeah, and all it. and all the people and how they connect and major plot moments yeah. I think across our foreshadowed. Yeah. So like you can tell when an author is just kind of writing as they go. Um and when they've really taken that time and you feel you can feel that she took the time to yeah. set those things up. Yeah. You know, even from like scars can only happen if you if salt gets in the wound, right. you know, so that's why when like they have the wedding with Rath and, and Beth, right. that they salt the her name afterward, they carve right. it into his back. Yeah, you know. So also, like, I'd be like, my name is Beth. It's not Elizabeth. Yeah, let's all calm down. <laughs> <laughs> that's more letters. I was I was like thinking of spell Elizabeth. I was in my mind. I was like, we don't even call, we don't even call you that. Like, no, it's, my name is Beth. Yeah, I'm sorry. Yeah. <laughs> you know. But then, like, it makes sense why Zetas... So Zetas had to hit salt water in order right. for his wounds to seal in, right. you know? So that has to be part of his story right. and whatever. And yeah. So that... I like that kind of detail, you know? Because yeah. I will pick it up later if you bullshit me with something. Totally. Later, you're like, oh, I'll be like you backtrack, motherfucker. I was like, yeah, yeah. you know, because I heal very quickly. Yeah. So if that didn't happen, then I would be disappointed in the author. Yeah. Like, I like the... Uh, that scene where where he's getting her name carved in his back because I thought it was a really good uh, exemplifier again of the differences in species. Yes. Um, because Wellesie's like, if you choose to be his mate, like you have to endure this because this is very important to him and like his brother's honoring his choice in you and, and accepting you as their queen. And like, you just need to let this happen, which is like not, not at all a modern day American <laughs> woman like point of view. Yeah, our view is like, no, this is fucking crazy, and I'm gonna say something. <laughs> Obviously, I might not get my way, but I'm gonna say something. Yeah, um, and I thought that was another, just like another small moment of her, like accepting him as he is, as a male of another species. Yeah, and as a king of another species, and not trying to fit him into like a human man box. Yeah. That was good. I, I did like to... There was this weird moment where I felt like he tried to have this weird machismo. Uh-huh. Like at the dinner. Yeah. Or whatever. Where he was like an ass. Yeah. And then quickly went away. Like... Because he really, cause he was just like putting up a front. And he's like, this is going terrible. Yeah. <laughs> what am I doing? <laughs> he's like, yeah, yeah. Like, this is not working out, yeah. you know? Let's go for a drive. Yeah. <laughs> Clearly being a dick. Like, I, 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 I like that. I, I did... She calls him out, like, when they're together, and he says something, and she's like, you don't get just, just tell me what to do. Yeah. And so she definitely, like, stands up for herself in the sense of him telling her what to do. Yeah. But I do think it's important to, like, realize, like, okay, but if he's a king, and he's another species, like, yeah, other things apply to him that you have no idea about. Yeah. But uh, I so did, fun. like, what you just said, like, I, I did really love that... Um, she kind of voiced what I was thinking at the appropriate times, yeah. right? So it's like after she found out that she didn't know this dude and it wasn't a friend of somebody's yeah. and he came back, she was like, nope, I, I don't, don't know you. I don't know you. Like, <laughs> like I know we banged. How'd you get in my house? Exactly. <laughs> she was like, I know we banged, but like, I don't know you. I know, and then Who he's like, I you? can take you on the street right now and you wouldn't say no. And I was yeah. like, ooh. Ooh, that was a good line. Ooh. That was a good line. <laughs> yes, you could. <laughs> <laughs> you know, like, but I needed her to voice in that moment moment like no i don't know you i'm not mm-hmm. gonna defend you yeah, because, explain yourself yeah explain yourself which I, I liked i also liked that when she finally did go with him it was like a very the stakes were there for mm-hmm, it mm-hmm. where it was like either he's 
going to get arrested. He has to leave now. You have to make this choice. Do you want to find out about your father or not? Right. That was a mistake for me to justify her yeah. going. Otherwise, and she I, said even in her in her like inner monologue, like this might end up with me getting murdered. Yeah. Like she was aware, but she was willing to take the risk to find out about her dad. Exactly. And I needed that acknowledged. If, yeah. if she had just been like, oh, I'd, yeah. I'd have been like, oh, you're dumb. Dumb. <laughs> You're dumb, dumb, dumb. dumb. <laughs> also, I don't remember in future books, um, does she ever find out that he, so the guy that tried to rape her, oh no, he, she he gets does, taken by the lessening. He gets taken by the lessening society. Yeah. That's right. And then he dies. Yeah. That's right. He, doesn't he die at the end of this book? Yeah. But yeah, she, yeah. Or he kills him in front of her. Yeah. Because I was trying to remember, does, does she know that he killed him? But then I remember, oh yeah, he does, duh, because that happens during their fight. Let's talk a little bit about our female hero rating. How did you like our female hero this time? How did you like Beth? Uh, I, re- I really liked Beth. I, d- I did. I was there for Beth. Um, what are we rating out of? I think five stars. Oh, okay, great. Let's do five stars. Five stars, great. Five <laughs> it's stars like arbitrary every time. Yeah, Twelve. Out of Twelve stars. Twenty-two and a quarter. <laughs> uh, I, would, I would give Beth, uh, for me, a, a solid four. Yeah. I would because I really felt like uh, she she stood up for herself. Mm-hmm. I felt like the fact that the, how they fell in love was justified. It had enough justification for me. Mm-hmm. Uh, and there were some moments where I, I, every now and then, where I was just like, come on, man, you know. But that was very few, like very few. I thought it could have just been like a little bit of tweaking in the writing. Um, but not enough for me to not really ride with her so mm-hmm. I, w- I would definitely give her a four uh i agree i was gonna give her four um i like the two things i like about her is i feel like i like that she actually isn't a damsel in distress yeah like when she gets attacked the first time she like fights them off and even though she's like traumatized and scared she's still gonna go tell the police and report them and which is incredibly hard to do and um so i liked that about her um, and later when they're in the fight and Raph is injured, she's like trying to protect him, even though she knows like nothing about fighting, um, <laughs> which I really liked. Yeah. Um, and I also liked that she's like genuinely seems like just like a good person. Yeah. Like she's nice to all the cops at the station. Like, I mean, she tolerates her like disgusting boss, but like all the people that she's actually friendly with um, really like her and and clearly you you see that she's a good person and she immediately wants to like help when Hollywood's hurt and she immediately um kind of sees like a little bit further like Raph's presenting quite an exterior of gruffness but she sees that he's like alone and that she's alone and that they could actually be like spirits of those are the two things that I liked about yeah. her. So I would give her four stars. Maybe four and a half stars. Yeah I liked her. I did. I like I, I liked also when she was like um, I gotta go to work. Yeah, <laughs> he was like, "Uh, she's yeah. like, no, no, I have a job." Yeah, and I think he tried to like deflect somehow, and she was like, "Yeah, but I still, I still gotta go to work." Yeah, yeah no, but I'm still like gonna go to work. You're still gonna go to work, man. <laughs> you know. But am I inheriting this house? Okay, I'm gonna quit though today. Yeah, <laughs> this is my last day. <laughs> oh, and I gotta put up with this dick. Oh, I have enough money to start my own newspaper. Yeah. Cool. Like, <laughs> yeah. So I thought that was I. I, I do give her a good reading. Yeah. Uh, and how did you feel about Wrath? Was he McDreamy, McSteamy? Where are we at? He's definitely a McSteamy. Yeah. First of all, as crazy as Beast is, he is, he's my type. Okay? He's my type. And he's a rage beast, which is like 
what's in so many books I read now, which is a big gruff guy, must be larger than life, must have low emotional intelligence, must have like, or whatever. I actually don't think he had the lowest of emotional intelligence that I've ever read, which was which was why I actually really did like him. Because the moment where he was like, ah, I'm going to be this rage beast. No, no, I'm not. It's not really working. She's not really responding to this. Let's change tactics. Yeah. You know, um, I like that he insisted that he be able to marry her, like, mm-hmm. and that she was her, like, his official Shellen mm-hmm. queen or whatever. Um, and that he had to make that sacrifice for her. Like, he's like, he didn't want to be king. Mm-hmm. He adamantly was talking about that. But that was the decision he had to make in order to be able to marry her mm-hmm. officially. Um, I like the pomp and circumstance of getting her name carved in his back. I love that he insisted on these things. And those are like, for me, character moments. And I love character moments. Mm-hmm. Those are those are sexy to me. Character moments are sexy. Yeah. So when, I, when a guy throws a little bitch fit, that's a character moment where I'm like, I don't really like this character anymore. Uh-huh. Why did you make him into a man baby? Yeah. You know, um, I like that he didn't have very, he had very few man baby moments for mm-hmm. me, you know, and they were quickly... Yeah, and I thought the way that he handled the Marissa, like, when she came to him and wanted to say, like, all the ways that he wronged her, he was just like, no, you're totally right. Like, I was I was wrong, wrong. Yeah. and you were right, and I'm sorry this happened. Yeah. Um, and then he, like, kept Butch alive because it made Marissa happy and she was interested. And he wasn't above saying, like, I'll kill you. I'll rip your spine out, obviously, yeah. if you do anything to harm her. Not that she can't take you because she can, but... Yeah. Uh, but she deserves happiness. And if, if you're what's making her happy, then I'm happy to let this happen. Um, yeah. You know, it's funny. Cause like I, he's not my favorite of the brothers. Yeah. And this story isn't my favorite of the brothers. Um, but I do think it was a good story to start with because I think it would have been weird to start with someone else and then um, have him as the King, like later have a story. I thought would be weird. I think it was really like story-wise important to have him have his moment first because like him essentially growing up and finding his mate and like joining society as its leader and like embracing all these responsibilities yeah. is kind of what makes the rest of them realize like oh shit like wrath's growing up like we can grow up I want a wife to best dumb I want a wife but also, I think, great. I think like he a little bit gets sacrificed, right? So him being the first story, yeah, means you're the least invested in him. Yeah, totally. And now you've been introduced to all your favorite characters. Sure. Now you get to follow along and build anticipation for them. Sure. So part like, of I want to know: Do Butch and Marissa yeah. get together? So like, is it, what happens? Is it he's human? Are we invested <laughs> in them more just because we met them in Wrath's story? You know, that's well, a great point. Like probably, so I feel like he's he was a solid first. Like, this, very like, solid. like very to me, solid. this book was a very solid foundation yeah. for the building of this the whole world. world that's a know? great. That's a great point. I think you're right. I think the repartee between all the different characters is what makes me like them throughout the books. So I think you're actually totally right. And 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 his rapport, literally, like the he's like a binary to me in in a way where his rapport with each person really allowed you to see who, who they were. Yeah, like the way he treats them, the way they interact. Yeah. 
it, that was yeah. like a really good character building yeah. like tool, I think, yeah. because Zadis is going to act differently with Fury, sure. or is going to act differently, whatever. But everybody's going to kind of have like this the true colors, the true colors, yeah, with him. And he knows, and he like, knows, he can smell their the seed, and he can, you know, he yeah. knows what's going. on. But also, like when he, he has trusts more power them with, than them, so. yeah, like Tor, he was like, oh, Tor is going to be the one who watches it because he's a solid, he's got right. he got a shell or whatever, like. His discernment on each person right. allowed you to have to create your judgments or right. your, your preconceived yeah. whatever. Yeah. You know, so that's why I also kind of really like think like think that this book was necessary for that foundation. And because I think she did a good job, right. um, I it allows me to now enjoy very much enjoy the other, <laughs> the other yes. Yes. <laughs> So I would I mean I would I would probably give Wrath a, a four as well. Yeah, I'd say I'd say four. Yeah, I'd say like maybe three point five only because he's like not my favorite. Yeah, but it is a good book. It's he's a very solid character. If taking this book alone, hundred yeah. percent four within the series, I'm like, but I like all these other ones. Yeah. But so I'll give. Yeah. I I agree with you though. And and so that's and, a great point. Uh, the author grew with this book. It was her first. Jer Ward. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, Jer Ward. She she. This was her first book, so it's not. I, it's not the best in it, but she grew with the the series, and I think that's all you can really ask from an author. Yeah. Is like, just get better. Work on your yeah. craft and start delivering. Because I've read series where every book is the same, yeah. and there's you can see no growth, and also you can see that they didn't have a solid editor. Mm. Yeah, her books are very professionally done. Yeah. Like, I very rarely see a, an error. Occasionally, but, like, very, very rarely. Um, okay, so we talked a little bit about this already, but... Oh, you nasty. Oh, you nasty. Girl, you nasty. Mm-hmm. I'm nasty. What kind of nastiness rating are we looking at? Ooh. So, so we get our first sex in Chapter 5, just for you skimmers. Yeah. Um, so... I honestly didn't um, – so I'm on the fence, right? Mm-hmm. So in, like, in BDSM, you have something called primal play, right, which is the kink factor is in the animalistic way you approach, like, sex or sex play or any sort of intimate play. I feel like that was there. Mm-hmm. Like, the primal factor was there. And so for that, like, I bumped the, the kink factor up. However, the sex was awfully vanilla in general, so I I would I would just give it like a solid like three eggplants like three. like it hit the kink factor for me you know with just the the emotion like the the that animalistic quality that it invoked when they were banging I was like yeah even though it wasn't some crazy you know right. out of this world thing mm-hmm. the energy she gave it gave it that extra edge yeah. so I would say it was a solid for me a solid three. <laughs> Eggplants. Eggplants. <laughs> Out of five. Out of five eggplants. I would say 3.5. 3.5. I, would, I would even go to 3.5. I, I just feel like, again, like I was just slightly surprised that it was, just because it's paranormal romance, I was just slightly surprised that it was as vanilla as it was. Yes. Yeah. But I totally agree about the primal nature. I think. I mean, I think the sex was really good because it was definitely like you, you were like in it. You were yeah. like, oh, yeah, they, they want it. Both of them. You you rewound. And we're going to get it. (laughs) We're going to get it as an audience. And I'm excited about it. Um, So, yeah, I feel like 3.5 is is a fair fair estimation on this book. Solid. (laughs) 
Um, do you have any Skimmer's Guide to the Cookies and the Nookie that you want to share? Skimmer's Guide to the Cookies and the Nookies. Mm-hmm. Um, we have, uh, for, so in auto, so since our chapters are different, it's, I'm realizing it's, it's oh, going to be different. It's going to be tricky. Okay. Well, so, just tell them the Audible ones so and I'll an, see, in, I'll see if I can find yeah, the So on Audible, chapters. the chapter is five, um, for the first time that they, that they bang and it's great. It's a real solid you know, great time, especially because it was like really not meant to happen type of thing. And then he was just like, he was like, well, I can't leave without tasting the goodies. I mean, that's literally what he was he was thinking. <laughs> he was like, I better get out of here. This is Derry's daughter. <laughs> He's like, well, I'm not a saint. Darius <laughs> <laughs> is gone. He will never know. <laughs> like, yes. Um, and so it, it, it was a really good, uh, I like it. I felt it. Um, and there was another time in chapter 10. And this is the time right before uh, Marissa, his actual Sheldon at the time, finds out about uh, what's going on. Which I think he really overly glossed when she asked him, like, do you have a partner? Technically, he didn't because, like, Marissa had just left him. He, right. he does not volunteer the information that that really was a recent... That relationship ended that day. Like, that day. <laughs> But also, he's never slept with her, and yes. he's never, like, engaged with her in a way that you would with an actual Sheelan. Yes. So, I'm, yeah, but yeah, he, yeah, he didn't get into specifics. Her and Marissa talk about that later, though, I think, in later books. Yeah, but, but it was, it was just interesting to me, because it, it reminds me of, like, it, like, because if your dude came home, and you asked him with that question, yeah. and he was like, Oh, oh, whatever. And then you found out those circumstances later. You'd be like, Bitch, you'd be like I will fuck I your will life fuck. up. <laughs> <laughs> oh, we gonna get into semantics now? That's what's gonna happen now? <laughs> oh, okay. <laughs> so that's kind of how I felt about that. But uh, in, in chapter 13, uh, and that's when I stopped taking account of when all the sex was happening. Chapter okay. 13. It and it usually chapter happens Chapter 8, in, if you're reading a book. Okay. And chapter, I'm going to say 16 was the next one, but I'm looking for it. Chapter 17 in a book. 18. I don't know. They, have those, they were just solid. Sex they were, a lot later. Yeah, they were, they're just solid sex scenes. And, yeah. and I'm also much more forgiving of the vanilla nature of this book because mm-hmm. I have read the series. Mm. And they're I know. Not, they're all different. They're all different. And they mm-hmm. all don't stay that way. And they all are like different different what what are your favorite books in the series Bridget I mean I like all of them but I really did like the next one Lover Eternal with Rage and Mary I enjoyed that one uh Lover Awakened with Sadist and Belle is one of my favorites I did like Lover Unbound just because it was like a different flavor flavor with Vicious and Jane um Doc Jane um Let's see. Who else did I like? Oh, Lover Mind, John Matthew and, and Zex. I mean, that one also, like, they are featured in numerous books before you get to their book. So that one was definitely, like, I've been waiting for this book. This needs to happen immediately. Yes. <laughs> um, and then I really liked Lover at Last, which is Quinn and Blaylock. Huge fan. Yeah. That was another one where it was like eight books in, and I was like, for the love of Pete. <laughs> Every time she would announce her I, next book, I'm like, it better be that. I know. I would get, like, for like five books in a row, I was like, this is fucking bullshit. <laughs> um, they were really good. Um, who else did I like? I mean, I like all of them, but those are probably my favorites. 
Yeah, I would. I would have to mostly agree with you on on that. I think yeah. my, I mean, my absolute favorites are the ones that I can immediately remember off the, the story. Like, the story, like off the top of my head, mm-hmm. which would have to be Zadis and Bella, mm-hmm. because although that, you thought Bella got kidnapped in this book, she's not even in this I book. I'm <laughs> gonna find out who the you hell were got probably kidnapped. Reading a blurb, or, or like you probably were like, no, I went. I, I even rewound because I was like, Bella got taken. And no. and I and maybe I just got the name wrong because sometimes okay. all these B names I'm getting confused or something. Be. Maybe it was Beth and I was not reading be something right or because Beth got taken, obviously. Okay, so maybe it was like Beth and I was confusing it with Bella. Yeah, because that happens because my brain. Um, <laughs> but Zetas and Bella uh, was like number one my favorite. Um, my other favorite was Revenge. Oh, I did like Revenge. I, I love Revenge in general. He's a great a, character. He's a great character. His I, book was really interesting as yeah. well. And and I, I like that he's a like a sympath. Sympath. You know? Have sympath. Have sympath. So that was like a different... Like, yeah, I like different layer of the world building. Mm-hmm. I liked that and as well. secrecy and whatever. Yeah. And that's where you really, really get introduced to Zex. Zex more. And mm-hmm. Zex, you just... Fucking love because love she's just a badass. Her. She's such written badass. as a complete badass character. It's like all the tropes and things around like femininity. Mm-hmm. And femininity and are not there nope. with her. And I like that they And they never come in. That's yes. my favorite part about her. She doesn't just never, never yeah. she doesn't like meet John Matthew and grow her hair out. Like and then, she and just, then she's like, We should have babies and get married. Yeah, and that, she's like, like no, I'm not doing that. You know, <laughs> that's, that's terrible. I when her book came, I mean I was I was waiting. That was probably yeah. the only book that I could actually say that I was checking to see like When's the release date? When's happening? You know, all these other ones, sometimes I miss the, the release dates mm-hmm. or whatever. But that one, I was invested. And so when it came out, I was just like, yes. And I wasn't, I didn't feel disappointed by how that story went. Mm-hmm. So I think those are like my number one, like, favorites. And of course, I do love uh, Quinn and Blaylock. That one I was, I was so here for. Yeah. I was I, I felt like they had so much angst. Like, that book was so angsty. So, well, their whole storyline was just fraught with angst. Fraught, fraught with, like, the love that could never be, yes. the love that never and it's will. it's like, yeah, it can be, you fucking fool. Yeah, you know. <laughs> or the, mostly Quinn was a fool. The, like, I like, I like dick, but I'm not gay. Yeah. <laughs> like, I want you to have sex with me, me all the time. You know. I'm not gay, obviously. I'm only gay for you. I'm only except for all these other dudes I fuck. Exactly. <laughs> So, so, so that was a, that one. I really, I really loved, and actually, to me, it was one of the sweetest. I think it was one of the sweetest yeah. as well. I was just like, there was moments in that book where, and I'm not a crier, but oh, I was, I was, I was like, I was, I was crying, I was crying because I was waiting for so long, and I was yeah. like, yeah, but I don't need it. I have edited it, and that's gonna be a thing. Oh my god, there's a baby. How that happened? Oh my god. Yeah. yeah, the like gayest story that ended in a baby. Yeah. And you're like, they still managed to work a baby yeah. into <laughs> Not a great story. I, I do like, you know, I feel like a lot of times, <clears throat> sort of like heteronormative culture, it's like when these people are like, they fall madly in love and then have 25 babies. babies. And I'm like, first of all, a lot of people don't want to have babies. And so I like <laughs> that not every couple, I mean, even though, uh, you know, a good number of them do end up wanting to have children or thinking about trying to have children or having yeah. children. Um, it does make me happy that there are multiple couples who are like, no, we're not doing that bullshit. Yeah. <laughs> okay. Sounds terrible. I also Do really... you know the risks involved? <laughs> I'm not doing that. Yeah, there's a, a great risk involved in actually having a baby in this. In these uh-huh. books, which... It's very scary. Yeah. And they have to carry 
oh my god, I'm over a year, for ten months. I've carried over a year, and I'm like, no. <laughs> she's like, she's like, oh yeah, I have about a year. But left. they do live for hundreds. Yeah. So it's like, I guess it's like in a baby the elephant scheme. It's like not that long. Well, like elephants are are like literally cooking babies for yeah, almost damn near yeah. two years. Or yeah. something. Yeah. So, <laughs> so, so I kind of like, ah, it's kind of like elephant years. Well, or the reason whatever. that the baby has to come out, and they say that there's the fourth trimester when the baby comes out. Is because they're they get too big, the heads get too big, they would never be able to leave the mom's body, and then it would kill the mom on the way out every time. That's why we give birth when we do, because otherwise the babies get too big and kill the mom. Oh, that's and that's why they call it like the fourth trimester, where you're always like carrying around a little like, you know, strapped on papoose sort of situation and breastfeeding it all the time because the baby has to keep getting bigger and its brain has to keep <laughs> developing, but its brain goes too fast and its head gets too big to get out of your, your uh, pelvic bones. That makes sense because I've so many big-headed babies. Seriously, <laughs> some people, I mean, my child included, 105th percentile. So damn cute, though. Um, yeah, it's fine. It'll all be fine. I do like the, um, and it's not just in this book, in the series, it's in a lot of vampire books and, and werewolf books and yeah. supernatural books. I do like, though, the, um, uh, I don't know what the word I'm looking for is, um, the tool mm-hmm. of the kneading, right? So, like, the ovulation oh, time yeah, 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 yeah. of how that just... You go into heat. You go into heat. Yeah. I and love that. I, I just love when it comes. I don't care. It's yeah. a, it's it's in every book. Yeah. And I wait for it. And yeah. I'm like, now... I wrote about Jaguar women, and I was like, yep. Yeah. I'm like, how's this got to go down? It's about to go down. It's about to go down. You know, and it goes and it goes hard in the yeah. paint for like a very finite yeah. amount of time. Yep. But you always know you can dog ear that page and yeah. come back to it later. Yeah, I, I really like in this book when he describes to her or someone describes to her uh the kneading. Yeah. I think he describes it to her and he's like, you know, it's a great honor to be able to fulfill the kneading of your your shielan or whatever. And she's like, oh, well, like, you know, does it hurt you? And he's like, the men come out, like, 20 pounds lighter because they're, like, giving away all their blood and, and he's like, they, And they never complain. And they never complain. <laughs> and I was like, that's so funny. And she's just, like, fucking biting him constantly and just grinding up on him to have more orgasms. I'm like, that sounds delightful. It super delightful. Yeah. First of all. It's like all you can eat snack of your favorite food and as many orgasms as you can take. In I, I literally hours. feel like when I turned 30, I yeah. entered like the needing. <laughs> like, I, I used to think I had a high sex drive when I was like, you know, 15, 16, 17. Mm-hmm. I remember thinking like, dear God, is this ever going to calm the hell down? Yeah. And when I turned 30, it ramped up to a degree that I never, ever, ever anticipated. Yeah. And it was funny because I, I was talking to my mom recently. And my mom was very conservative, whatever. Mm-hmm. And I was like, mom, nobody ever told told me that like it was gonna get crazy she's like yeah nobody ever tells you that that shit just goes ham yeah. i was like and it's like unfortunate because it's like men and women don't go up and down in their sex drives at the same during time. during the same decades yeah. which is a real shame which really kind of means that you that maybe we are really are supposed to pair off at different times yeah, probably like, supposed to, we're probably i would say like evolutionarily supposed to be with a man who's like 10 or 15 years older than us Older or younger? Older. Because they have to have enough time to gain enough, like, wealth and meat and whatever to be able to support the babies and to protect you. Because you couldn't have a man, you couldn't be 25 and have a 15-year-old. Well, but, so, like. Or you'd be having babies, because you'd be having babies at 15. Yeah, but, so. So, so he'd be 30, and he would be old enough to be able to, like, provide 
No, but when we so guys hit their sexual peak at like twenty five or twenty six or something stupid. Yeah, like we, we hit our peak at like thirty five and forty, yeah. like or in our thirties and forties. So that would mean but we would have to go in evolutionary terms. By yeah, then. we'd have to go younger. Forty would be dead. <laughs> Back in the day, well, we'll maybe that's, that's maybe the, maybe now that we live longer, the body's like, hey, you got more hey, time. Let's bring it back. Let's bring it back. Bring it back. <laughs> bring it back. Bring it back. Bring it back. Bring it back. That's back. Nasbank. Oh, yeah. Yeah. No, I think. I, I was making it. I think you're supposed to like have children when you're young. I see. And that just kills when it off. <laughs> no, it just like, well, back then, I mean, people like literally just died earlier. Yeah. Um, I think my body knows I haven't had a baby, though. Like, probably. That could also be it. Because yeah. it'd be interesting to pull like women. I don't know. It's interesting because, like, a lot of obviously everyone has like individual sex drives. But if you pulled a large enough population, it'd be interesting now that so many women choose not to have children for whatever reason or cannot have children for whatever reason. It'd be interesting to pull versus women who've had children and when they had their children, how their how they how they view their sex drives. Yeah, because obviously it's all subjective. Um, but like how they view. And whether your sex drive is lower if you've had children before or whether it's unaffected or interesting. I, I would be, be an interesting psychological and physiological le- study. I legitimately think my body's just trying to get me pregnant. Like it could be. It could be tell- it could yeah. be like literally ramping it up to tell you like you need to find a mate to have babies. And, but but it it's be. very specific now. Like before where I liked I liked all body types, I liked whatever, I, I was whatever, I'm yeah. safe sexual, I'm attracted to the brain. Now my vagina picks something totally different than my brain does. Yeah. Like, I might be like, oh, that guy's so incredibly smart, whatever. And my vagina's like, do you see that homeless guy in the corner? He looks so, he looks so rugged. Yeah. He looks like he could kill a giraffe, a giraffe. for you. <laughs> he will he bite it in the neck. A zebra. And just... <laughs> I feel like it's like He two... could protect the homestead. Right. Yeah. There's two totally separate pages yeah. that are going on Well, here. that's one interesting thing that they've said about... Um, the way that our our evolutionary, like our biological urges to choose a mate is different and the pheromones and stuff is still programmed towards uh, a physical provider. Whereas now it's more important if you consider like the importance of being able to provide is based more on your intelligence now and your like opportunities based on the fact that you're intelligent and can work in a more modern society versus your physical prowess. Yeah. Um, so now like, but, but we haven't been mentally, you know, or sort of biologically reconditioned towards the new apex predator being, you know, someone with a laptop. So someone who can program. <laughs> right. Someone who can build Amazon or something. You know? I mean, it's really true though, because I, I have a really high sense of smell, and I can smell, like, what's, if someone's, like, cooking. Yeah, like, well, if someone's kind of sick, or if they drink too Uh, much, or if they're whatever, like, I can really smell that, and, and I, when I'm attracted to somebody, I can always, I always enjoy their smell. Oh, yeah. Oh, 100%. And that's. 100%. I tell my husband that all the time. I'm like, "Mm, you smell good today, and he's like, what's wrong with you? (laughs) And I'm like. They can be sweaty. I was like, your pheromones are hitting up my pheromones. That's why we're making babies. Because your pheromones and my pheromones said, we're going to make strong babies. Exactly. Like, like you have what my DNA is lacking. Totally. Whatever the thing is. Like, honestly, my college boyfriend as well, I remember distinctly, like, the first time ever, like, being close enough to him in a flirting situation where I could, like, smell him. I remember before I even kissed him, I remember, like, like, 
I, I, I remember the smell of being like, oh, I want to fuck that. Like that, that, whatever that is that's yeah. in there, that's in your physicality, that's in your genome, my body wants that in it. It wants that, <laughs> that. I want that sperm up in this, <laughs> cook a baby. That's what my body wants. I remember that distinctly. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Which is good. I mean, because, I mean, frankly, it worked out for us because we have an incredibly healthy, very intelligent, small child, um, you know, who's, who, and you can, I feel like sometimes you can tell people who like go against their biology in some way when you see their children and you're like, mm, that's not the strongest of the breed. <laughs> know what happened there but that's not that's when you start complimenting the child's spirit you're like that's such a great spirit look at the energy about attraction attractiveness because like i mean i think my kid is very cute but um first of all you have the cutest fucking baby she's very cute but like i also think for me it's like the healthiness is obviously an indicator i think but also just like she is sharp as a tack um, which is just cool to see that I'm like, ooh, I picked what a what a good spouse I picked for your dad. <laughs> look at all these good things you've inherited from us both. Yeah. Wow. <laughs> It'd be interesting. Maybe the next one though will be inheriting the B side of the genome, you know? <laughs> Not getting that A genome shit. You never get the same one twice. <laughs> Who knows? That one comes out. You but just... this one's head down. The other one never went head down, so. You know? Who knows? <laughs> Who knows what's in there? It's alive! It's Kira wouldn't wait to eat the marshmallow. And the next one might just be the... <laughs> I don't think Kira would wait to eat the marshmallow. Well, actually, she doesn't really like sweet things, so maybe she'd wait for a marshmallow. You know. But now if it's like a grape, she ate like 50 <laughs> She could not eat it. And I was like, you got to stop. You got great poop. <laughs> oh, man. Okay. So, oh. okay. So what is your favorite line from the book? We still haven't even talked about our favorite lines. Um, 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 I'll tell you mine first because you're not ready. Because okay, okay. I just sneak attacked you with that question. So my favorite line from this book um, actually is, has nothing to do with anything sexual. It's just the reason why I like this series in general is just the way she writes the dialogue between all the characters. Um, so this is when Darius and Torment are talking at the beginning. And he says, I'm going to talk to her. And how's that going to go? You're just going to go walk up to her and say, hey, I know you've never met me before, but I'm your dad. And guess what? You won the evolutionary lottery. You're a vampire. Let's go to Disneyland. <laughs> and, and he's like, oh, I guess not. <laughs> That's, that, I just love everything about how all these characters are just like written with a lot of wit and a lot of like sharpness and yeah. sort of uh, sarcasm and, and fun. And even though a lot of the stuff they're talking about is very serious, there's always a lot of like jibes and jokes and things going on in the background. So yeah, I, I, I do too. And I like the dynamics, uh, especially like I, I really noticed the dynamics between Zetas and uh, Fury mm-hmm. in this one. Like I didn't realize when I first read it, how much they're like, Fury, get your brother. Yeah. Get your brother. Yeah. And Fury's just constantly trying to play catch wrangle. up. Yeah. yeah. And wrangle his, his brother. That's um, why he eventually starts going. <laughs> yep. <laughs> smoking himself. In smoking himself. <laughs> but then it makes sense. Smoking when the ganj. You know, or whatever. And it makes sense with their backstory, why he's yeah. over, super overprotective. And even if he's getting taken advantage of, he's still there because of like the guilt, you know? So, mm-hmm. so, um, 
but yeah, I recognized a lot more, especially like listening to the story with the explicit uh, directive of talking about it. Mm-hmm. So having to like make notes and really think about the story instead of just being like kind of laying back and listening. Right. Um, so my favorite, uh, I had two favorite quotes. Um, be- and it's just because these made me laugh out loud. Uh-huh. So they might not be that funny to anybody else but me. But there was the moment where um, where Butch was talking about where... where um, Beth was like, hey, thanks for signing over your friend, you know, whatever. Yeah. And he's like, my friend? She's like, yeah, the one that looked like a, the goth nightmare or whatever. For some reason, I just thought that was hilarious because <laughs> it just made me think of, like, uh, just all these goth pictures I see on Instagram. Um, and then the other one was how she described him during the sex scene. Mm-hmm. Uh, she said his abdomen was ribbed as if he was smuggling paint rollers under his skin. And I just... I. I lost it for that yeah. line. I was just like, okay, I see what you're doing there. So I think there's, when you do a sex scene as an author, sure. you're trying to stray away from the the cliche, cliche ways of describing somebody. Sure. So she was trying to get creative mm-hmm. with it. It just was like. Out of left field. It was just out of left field for me. And it also, it just, I don't know. It made me laugh. I was like. Okay, I get it. He's got really ripped abs. Like super strong. <laughs> super strong. But when I think of paint rollers under somebody's skin, that actual image not is sexy. not sexy right. to me. Yeah. So that was that was my other um favorite. <laughs> now, what did you think of the cover art? And I think you um, have different cover art than I do. Yeah. So I uh have seen both cover arts. The original cover art, um, which is where, like, the lady's sexually biting the man, it's kind of washed in red, uh, which the whole series has, like, a different wash and different sort of bite poses for each one. I really liked that. Um, For this book, I'm not sure it makes sense that she's biting him, but um, I definitely thought it was, like, a tantalizing thing. This new one is definitely much more, like, masculine you know, militaristic with, like, the buff dude holding a dagger, which I feel like is, like, a little on the nose, perhaps. Um, but, I mean, he's still super, super hot. You know, there's some flames going on behind him. He's got the dagger, and you're like, oh, what's the dagger? What's his, what's, what's, what's going on in there? So, but I like the original cover better. Let me see. Let me see your for You can't see his face because the library tag is over oh, his yeah, face. Yeah. But So, um, how I felt about the cover is uh, pretty much the same as you did. Except I actually liked that her face was facing us. Okay. Like you can't see his face mm-hmm. and her face is facing us because I did I did feel like it was more of her story. Mm-hmm. I also felt like she went through the change and then he fed her during the change. So That's I was true. like, oh, okay, it makes sense. She's biting him um, or whatever. And normally in these stories, I feel like the guys take over mm. the, the plot line story and whatever. Mm. And the girl's always just like this following along character. So I kind of liked that she was kind of front and center because mm. I did think that mostly it was kind of her like her journey. Mm-hmm. Even though it, they were, she did a good job of telling a lot of people's stories, I did feel like this story was like Beth's Beth. story. Yeah. yeah. That's fair. Um, so, so yeah. And I, I do like these covers. I think they're, like, appropriate, but they're all very similar. If very you similar. go through a series, you're like, oh, okay. So I can see why they might have changed yeah. the, you know, the cover. Um, the new cover with, <laughs> with the dagger and them holding the dagger. I mean, I'm not going to say it's not hot. Like, that's a cover I'd stare at as I was reading the book. So I'd be like, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. But I mm-hmm. feel like... Uh, it's less representative of the, than the first cover. I, I like the first that. one better. What do you think about her author picture? So this author picture has from day one cracked me up. 
I, <laughs> first of all, she's got this, like, badass, like, pose and kind of smirk, like, I know you like my books. And my second favorite thing about it is that she's wearing what I think are glasses that go from, like, normal to sunglasses. And oh, the transition lenses. I think she's wearing transition lenses, and they got, like, halfway dark during the shoot because she's not quite wearing sunglasses, but she's not not wearing sunglasses. It's like... The, and they're shaped like reading glasses. Yes. And they're the smallest glasses ever. <laughs> like, I really feel like like she wanted to really be wearing some real sunglasses, like what she was going for, but might have just missed the mark a, t- a, a hair. And also... The author picture has not changed since yeah, like fifteen I've, years. Or yeah, I read this. So I, in my mind, I imagine that now she is a dragon. She's morphed into a dragon. <laughs> you know, someone uses their old profile picture. Yeah, like you know, on Plenty of Fish or, or Tinder <laughs> or whatever. I'm like, what you do mean, you like look me? like now? <laughs> you can you Google? Do I'm we know Google what she it. looks like now? I don't know what she looks like now. I mean, I just wrote J.R. Ward. <laughs> 2019 <laughs> images. I, I feel, I, I really feel like of in her books, mind, though. or somebody said to her, hey. <gasps> is this her? When is this from? Oh my gosh. If this is her, she's, this is an hour ago, but I don't know how old that is, but she's definitely aging. Which makes sense, because she's not a vampire, everyone. She's a real human being. She's a real human being. <laughs> so we think. Um, uh, but, you know when somebody says to you, like, if you're a pop star, they're like, you need an image. Yeah. Well, I feel like somebody, her editor, she somebody. Wears, look at this. She's always wearing these little, t- I think they're transitionals. And when the bright lights start flashing, they start getting they start darker. To, yeah, That's my theory. I think you're right. And I think her style hasn't changed. Yeah. Uh, you know, and I, I don't want to, I don't want to necessarily judge her style because I think, you know, everybody wears what they feel good in. But it does come off to me a bit like somebody was like, you need an edge. And so the picture is her, like, dressed all in black with her arms crossed with a little smirk and the little weird sunglasses. I mean, glasses. I think it's just the way she likes to look. All these publicity photos that I can find have her in with these little glasses on. If anyone knows the answer to this, please let us know. Please, please let us know. Like, if you're friends with J.R. Ward, please, like, just... Just hit her up. Also, tell her to come on our podcast yeah. and have a chat also with tell us. Her we love her and we'd like to chit chat. Yeah, and we, but we do want to don't know about take a break from writing your books, though. Yeah, please stop. Please write <laughs> please at keep writing. the appropriate speed, which yeah. is as fast as you're going, which is super fast. <laughs> Just faster. You write a ton of books a year. She does. She does keep up. Like I, she I have read series where authors are tell you like, oh, this is going to be a ten book series. Yeah, and then take a four or five year sabbatical, and <sighs> I think that's rude. So rude. It's completely rude. I mean, she looks basically exactly the same. This is recent. I think that's just the way she looks. Yeah, that's her. That's her aesthetic. I think. Uh, I mean, I don't understand why she's always wearing these little dark glasses, though. She looks like a dominatrix, though. Like she does look like. Like she's not wearing all the leather and stuff, but she has the air of somebody who has some slaves. Like. Sex slaves. Sex slaves. Sorry. Let's be clear. Sex slaves. <laughs> or submissive S-type slaves. Oh, my God. She owns... Oh, listen to this. She's a badass. She is... She collects Art Deco jewelry, which she keeps in a bank vault, not in her home. She owns a Rolls Royce. Good for you, girl. Uh, All those bestsellers. Bridget she also owns a Porsche and an Audi. Um... R8, 
Uh, oh my god, this is her husband. Look how cute her little husband is, though. And her dog. Oh, he is definitely a slave. Yeah, he's I just, definitely. I just want to put it out there. He's definitely the the. He is he, the he bottom. Gets spanked on occasion. He, I think. More than occasion. Is she he, British? Is she? Boy, that would change. She's an Ivy League graduate. She wears little back dresses, hosts derby galas, and drives a Rolls Royce. She's no Kentucky Blue Bud. She's the author of blah, blah, blah. She reminds me of my opt. Dang, she throws derby parties for 750 people. We should throw derby parties. She's 50 years old. Her real name is Jessica Rowley, Jr. What's the ward? Is that her husband? Is that her marriage? No, I don't know what ward is. I think it's just a pen name. Because her is... name is Jessica Rowley Pell Bird Blakemore. It's a lot of names. Oh, yeah. Ward was easier. Very notoriously private. So maybe no one knows why she's always wearing sunglasses. <laughs> we'll never know. She thinks of herself as pretty badass woman, a pretty badass woman in spite of the cocktail dresses and diamonds. Mm. You can tell from the crossed arms in the picture. Yeah, and the smirk. Yeah. She's got that smart down. She's, She's like, like, I, I know. know. Like I'm going to take all your money and buy my Rolls Royce. And I ain't mad at it. Yeah. I cannot believe. I mean, I can't believe she has a Rolls Royce because she's obviously filthy rich if she's writing 20 best-selling books. But she credits her husband with bringing balance to her life that has allowed her to explore her fantasy world. It's like being married to Yoda. That's what she jokes. Aww. That's super cute. We all We all have our... Our Yoda. Everybody needs their Yoda. Mm-hmm. She has, let's see, she just published book 17 when this article was written. She doesn't have kids, though. She has two number one and six number two bestsellers on this, which is eight of the 17 books have been on the bestseller in spots one or two. Nice. There's 15 million books in print in 25 countries worldwide. I've seen the, the foreign covers. Actually, one of the reviews on Goodreads was hilarious because somebody, a girl in another country, was waiting for the translated version of her book. And she kept posting. And she was like, is it coming? Is it coming? Is it coming? And then she posts a picture. She's like, it finally came. And look what they did to the cover. And let me tell you, they put the jankiest cover I've ever seen. It looked like a Minecraft-created <laughs> cover of the book. Like a a two-year-old trying to recreate the cover. And the girl was pissed. She was like, what the fuck is this? This cover literally makes me not want to read this book. And she wasn't wrong. I mean, that's got to be weird when you see... And even the way they translate titles, because everything is not literally... Can't, like, literally be translated. So even sometimes, like, the literal translations of her book, she's probably like, that's not what I wrote. (laughs) People in, like, Russian are like, this book sucks. And she's like, well, the translation leaves something to be... Read it in English. Like, I don't know. The Russian one might be really good. I'm not hating on the Russian. Yeah, we don't know. We don't really know. Oh, her husband ran twice for state treasurer. She just looks like a fancy broad, man. She's a fancy lady. Lives in Kentucky. Fancy, but fancy. Please, she can't have kids. Because she has one daughter who's eight. Does she? Oh, she's eight, though. So she was a recent addition. Because I'm like, you can't write this many books uh, this quickly. She's very dis. Listen to this. 
Whatever assumptions you might be tempted to draw from Ward, she does not spend her day sipping on mint juleps and shopping for jewelry. She said, I'm extremely disciplined, controlling individual. I'm a runner. I watch what I eat. I don't smoke. I don't drink. I go to bed every night at the same time, and I wake up first thing in the morning. I write every day. I rarely leave the house. I just sit and describe these pictures in my head that are so much more exciting than my life of typing. She says she did once try to influence events because she says these all came to her fully formed in her mind. She's just writing them down. She did once try to influence admit in book four, Lover Revealed. Um, She's going to like, I'm going to cut these things, jump into the section, start getting control. And the pictures dried up and the voices got silent. And so I had to. That was Butch and Marissa. I had to go back and follow the trail, the original trail. I mean, Jarrah, for me, was one of the first authors that I got into paranormal with. Yeah. And I feel like a lot of people copied uh, her. And I'm not saying she didn't copy from other people as well or take influence from other people. But I've seen a lot of replicas of this oh, she's, series. She's from Massachusetts. I'm sorry. That's, ah. that's very good. New England. Yes. I have seen a lot of uh, copycats. Yeah. And they're not or people who are influenced by her. I guess I shouldn't say copycats because they are slightly different. And you can always be obviously inspired by whomever. Yeah, but there's been some that are really real close. Real close. Real close. You know, and even following some of the same rules of her world, which, you know, um, I do like, I really do like, though, um, all the vampire books that take vampirism as a species versus as the undead kind of situation. Mm-hmm. Um, I agree. I like those way better. Yeah. I think it... It's like, more interesting. I, I like when they get rid of some of the cliches about it. I like when they make fun of the cliches about it um, or whatever. Um, and honestly, whatever rules of your world of vampirism that you present, I will I will follow. Um, so I like that it, her that she follows the rules of her world because it's my number one pet peeve. If you set the rules, you got to follow them. I will go on the journey with you, but you got to follow your own damn rules. Um that's why sometimes Harry Potter gets on my nerves. But <laughs> that's another that's another discussion. Um, and let me see. Um, oh, oh. So okay, we did the cover art. Um, I wonder if like a lot of her friends, because she writes under a different name, like don't know that she's that's her. Like that's her. You don't think or they seen... know she's a writer? Maybe, but yeah. they don't know what she writes. They have to have seen the picture. That's true. She's on the cover. It's bestsellers and stuff. And I'm sure she's had parties. If I was a bestseller, I don't care what kind of smut I was writing. I'd be like, I'm a bestseller. Come to my party. It's an after party. Oh, it's a sex party. <laughs> oh, my God. Oh, my God. If I ever throw a sex party. Sounds like she's <laughs> having a lot more decorum in her real life. I would have no decorum. But she's disciplined and I am not. <laughs> I don't know, though. I feel like if you, like, it would bring a lot of weird people out of the woodwork, probably. Absolutely. Can you imagine how many people try to tell her about her books and how she should rewrite them? No, I mean, like, sex people. Like, if you're talking about, Uh-oh. like, being, un- like, oh, I'm going to take advantage of the fact that all these people, like, know that I write in the genre and stuff. Like, come over for a sex party. Like, I feel like people will just get weird, weird about it. Real weird. Yeah. So I feel make- like being famous in any any sphere just makes people really weird around you. <laughs> like, as much as it would be really fun to be famous in some way... In a lot of ways, I'm sure, especially the money and, like, the freedom that the money gives you. Yeah. I also feel like there's, like, a death of life as you know it in terms of your 
sort of anonymity and your like ability to do things and your ability to just meet people and just get to know them and get at to know face them value and, and not vibe. have them stare at you. Yeah. Yeah. And have them not try to take like selfies and stuff sure. with you. Like, like legitimately. Like you can never just chit chat in the grocery line anymore. <laughs> Cause they're going to be staring at you like, Oh my God, you're on the cover of that magazine right there. Right there. Your right. face is right, right there. there. You. <laughs> I mean, I also, when I see people, I mean, we live in Los Angeles, when I see people who are famous, like my instinct, it's just not my instinct ever yeah. to go up and want to take a photo with someone. Even if it's someone who I'm like, oh my God, like you're like in my top five of actors or actresses yeah. or producers or directors or whatever. Um, it's still not my first instinct to be like, oh my God, let's take a picture together. Like, yeah. that's just not my instinct. My instinct is like, let me sit down and talk to you for the next five hours and be great about everything in your life. Like, let me become your best friend. Yeah, that's, that's, that's more that's normal. A, that's just my general instinct about everyone. Like how fast can I get you to be my best friend if I think you're interesting or cool? Yeah. Um, but yeah, I mean, I'm sure, I, you know, it could happen in the future and I will probably be like, so who do I know you? You know all these things. You know about how famous we're gonna be off this podcast, Bridget? I would love it. Let's do it. Oh I would be God. I mean, I would be happy if people want to like come up and take selfies with me. Yeah. I would also be like, we can have coffee. Yeah. I'll drink coffee. You could drink coffee, I'll drink tea. Yeah. I'll chocolate. <laughs> like the adult I am. That's how I always want to be. I'm like, hey, let's just meet up for coffee or tea. Oh, yeah. what, are we, what are we doing here? Let's just all talk about movies and books together. Also, you know, celebrities are people. They're not always on their game. Celebrities are people. You know what I mean? <laughs> like, like <laughs> Like, they might not be in selfie ready, you right. know? So right. always wanted to try to take a selfie is kind of strange. Yeah. Um, yeah, okay. and also, like, yeah, they're just, like, going to the grocery store with their kid. They probably don't want to take a picture with you. They probably yeah. want to hang out with their kid. All right. So our hookup for the hookup. If you like J.R. Ward, if you like uh, Dark Lover, then I have a series for you. One of my favorite series, and I'm not going to lie to you, this series gets redundant as you go on. However, in the first few books, it's the first time you heard it. So, I would recommend Cresley Cole, Immortals After Dark. Uh, I think that this uh, series, the one thing I like about it, even when the books do get redundant, she writes fantastic dialogue. That shit is hilarious. She writes very strong uh, female characters who end up getting dominated anyway. However, they are still strong characters. So they'll fight it out, which I enjoy. It's also like J.R. Ward where there's a world building and then you're following um, a series of characters, different characters within a same world. So I, I think I really enjoy that the most because then I get to really get invested in a world um, without necessarily having to be constantly invested in the same characters so that is my recommendation do you have any recommendations bridget um i would say you know if you've never read Sherilyn kenyon and the carpathian series um that's where i would start that's a good one yeah mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. there's just so many so many start at the beginning and if you have any recommendations uh, that we don't know about, or even that our other listeners would love to hear. Please, please, let us know. Let us know. Yeah, we want to spread the wealth. Romance at glance. Because A was too many letters. <laughs> Romance at glance. Oh, yeah, that is at, our. On all is that our Twitter? That's on our everything. Oh, it is? Yeah, I want everything to match. So. Oh, it's romance at glance? At glance. <laughs> 
<laughs> so follow us on all our social media platforms. Romance at glance. Because the letter A made it too many letters. Yeah. Romance at a glance. Uh-uh. Romance, Romance at a glance. I uh-huh. can't figure out. I was trying to see if, if she had sold the option for these books to become a movie, but I can't yeah. find anything. So, I mean, this is probably a dumb question, Bridget, but yeah, I think you'll know it. She's made so much money off right. of these books. Yeah. Right. Do you think she has enough money to produce it herself? And I know everybody says... She's driving a fucking Rolls Royce, she does. You know, you know what I'm saying? <laughs> everybody says, like, don't produce your own projects. Always get other funding, blah, 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 whatever. Sure, sure, sure. But I feel like Unless she's got enough clout to get somebody else to put up the money. I also feel like she has enough money to produce this shit herself. Yeah, but she's like in her house, not leaving, buying Art Deco jewelry and writing all day. Stop buying Art Deco jewelry, JR. <laughs> come, um, come talk to Bridget and Sean. Also, her husband. I mean, she was a lawyer before she became an author, and her husband is a lawyer of some kind. So I'm sure they also just generally make a good amount of money yeah. from his salary and in have addition to kid. her book writing, and they only have one child, yeah. and they live in Kentucky. So I'm like, they drive a Rolls Royce. <laughs> Let's see. I bet you that kid is uh, taking horseback riding lessons. I'm just going to put it You're out there. You're in Kentucky. You got to be. You got to be. You got to be. Come on. You know, she's like a, on. an equestrian. Yeah, she's an equestrian. Yeah. She's, she's an equestrian, equestrian. now. <laughs> she wears a little hat. She's probably like, she probably wears little hats. Yeah. I don't know. I cannot find out if the series has been optioned to be made into a TV show or a film. Um, and I feel like the reason is because everyone's like, will people want to read it or watch it because it's romance? And it's like, this is a billion, billion, billion dollar industry. Mm-hmm. And I would, I mean, look at Stars. I mean, Stars is having a whole resurgence because of Outlander. How are the other networks not like, oh, let me figure out? Because I would imagine that the book rights are going to not be more expensive than Game of Thrones. Like, the world's not going to be any harder to build than that, you know? And that was a huge, you know, world-building thing. And I'm like, HBO, you need a new series. This is it. I <laughs> if rather- this was a TV show, I would watch the shit out of this TV Imagine show. how much content, though, you have if it's a TV show. Like, yeah. Like... Well, they combine... Not every character would get a season. And not every book would be a season. Yeah. You'd have multiple books, but you easily... No, every book could be a season. Yeah, maybe. I don't know. I I think you'd have to combine some of them. Well, I feel like... Some of them happen over much shorter periods of time. There's some that happened during other books that they just revisit. Right. Like... Yeah. It's like all kind of the same time. Yeah. I think you could probably do, like... I mean, of the 17 books that she's done, I certainly think you could do five full seasons of 10 that are 10 to 13 episodes yeah quite easily i think they should they i should. think it's a great idea but i also am like i also don't like when companies well outlander is, is pretty good but sometimes i don't when when a company doesn't understand a genre or sure. a thing and they decide to like get into it they just fuck it up yep you know and i'd be really upset if they fucked it up and like you remember how jacob in twilight was supposed to be like really ripped and huge and jungus tall and And i guess whatever taylor lautner tried to work out so he could play the character he was just he was jack but he was still tiny like he did not do it for me like the book did yeah you know and these characters are like unworldly large and i don't know if you've ever 
like really been like next to like a basketball player. One of yeah. these big ass, tall, gigantuan Viking. Yep. <laughs> yeah. They, I mean. They take up a lot of space. They take up a lot of a space. Lot they of also space. have that weird voice drop. That's like yeah. in this weird register that nobody can ever talk yeah. that low. But whatever. also like there, you do have the, the added benefit of like everyone is on camera. Yeah. So you can do a lot of tricks to make them look bigger. Yeah. Through costuming, through the camera angles, through the women that you pick to be opposite them, yeah. like the other, like, the you know, furniture, like, tiny stuff, like the other vampire <laughs> yeah. characters, you can make sure like, okay, if all these guys are between six foot and six five, then no other vampire character who gets cast, who's a civilian, is over, everyone over is five, five ten, yeah. five eight to five ten or something. Yeah. So that you can tell like, oh, these guys are clearly just way yeah. fucking bigger. I would, I would literally cast. And obviously cast- they're going to be like. On a superhero regimen of eating and and working out, eggs, egg shakes. Yeah, they're just <laughs> eating so much boiled chicken. They don't even know what to do. Um, the, but I think, like, I mean, it, even just like, like now, there's so many amazing like stunt doubles yeah. and uh, ways of filming fighting scenes and like the. I would not want it to be thing, CG though. Like this, w- well, they'd have to CG, CG some of the stuff with the Omega and like his hand. Yeah, and, but I would not want them to CG like CGI the, the fight the the actual person like they did in in Twilight when they like made Bella CG'd her younger or thinner or weird like things like that no. always were like took yeah. me out of the story or the yeah, CG, no. CGI baby that they did like okay. well, that was hard that was yeah that was a hard thing to do though yeah. only because the baby has to age so Wait, quickly in the yeah. movie but yeah but like I I would think that they might do that and I would be really disappointed if they did. I, I'm down for the camera angles. Right, right, right. Casting I mean, I only think they would have to guys that are five foot tall. Sure. Like <laughs> sure. Yeah, everyone else is just like five feet tall. Yeah. Um yeah. I think it could be super cool though. Cause you like yeah, you could have like awesome sets with those old mansions, like and then the back alleys and the club and like there's so many cool things going on. Yeah. So many cool characters that you'd meet and like fall in love with and And you could like there's so much so like much that fo- set so would just you get your bang in. for your buck for the set. Hell yeah. Because I mean, you're in that, that mansion, you're yeah. either in Darius's mansion or in the one where they end up all living together. Or in Revenge's Club. Or in Revenge's Club. Or, or the, the streets. lessening thing That's or it. the streets. That's or it. like a warehouse for the lesson. They're yeah. always in just like a warehouse. They have enough of that at like the WB lot. Yeah. Like you just rent that, yeah. that space off for a while. Shoot in like you know, Toronto. Shoot it the same place they shot Gilmore Girls. <laughs> the whole town. Please put the, please put the gazebo. Called where in New, New Jersey or New York. <laughs> I mean, yeah, they could just find like one beautiful mansion somewhere. Yeah. Beautiful mansions everywhere. Um, but anyways, the moral of our story is that this should be made into a TV show. Or, um, I do want to read one review before we wrap this shit up. All right. Um, this is from Annie, who is under, co- under the covers blog, under the covers book blog, gave it five stars. Hates paranormal romance. The whole first half of her review is about the fact that she hates paranormal romance. <laughs> I'm not even kidding. And then the second half is why she likes this book, though. But what I'm going to read is just the last, her bullet points. And she said... This, period, freaking, period, book, period. It's paranormal romance. It's not stupid with two O's. It's not rapey. It doesn't promote demeaning behavior towards women. It's a bloody miracle. And I definitely agree with that because paranormal romance absolutely can veer into some real questionably rapey situations. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. And it absolutely can have a lot of demeaning shit towards women and women being sort of cast aside or sub 
And I think it's very important that he, like you said earlier, like honors Beth. He wants her to be his official mate, his official wife. He wants to go through the ceremony. He asks the scribe virgin for permission and to attend. Like he gets her bit, you know, name carved in his back. Like he's all in. Yeah. And he like cares about, you know, her sort of emotional state and what's going on. And um, I think that review was very funny and also very true. I, uh, uh, I, uh, I agree with that. Um, there is a review on Audible um, from somebody who identifies as Bookworm. And they did not like this uh, at all. Okay. Um, they gave it one star for everything. Overall performance and story. Um, they said, the dialogue was ridiculous. I don't disagree. <laughs> But the dialogue was ridiculous. No one talks like this. Also, the narration was horrible. I was really looking forward to this after other great reviews, but they must have been on crack. <laughs> so good. So just just to be, just to, you know, comment on this. Um, one, I'm not going to disagree that the dialogue was not just weird because the dialogue was weird. However, yeah. I accepted it in the world in which it was. Yeah. But... Always and at all points that I read this book, all three times, I was like, this dialogue is really just... So I'm not going to say that they're wrong here. Um, I will say that the the um, narrator, uh, whose name is Jim Frangione, um, I actually really liked his narration. I thought he was a solid narrator. He did not do voices, right? So he didn't try to give Beth a female voice or somebody else a you know, more masculine voice or switch between voices. And... I am totally okay with that. If you, as a narrator, can do all the voices, well, do it. If you can't, just read the story like a storyteller. And that's how I took it. I thought he did a solid job. I don't think he was a terrible narrator at all. Um, I just think he might not have just done the voices like maybe they were expecting Mm -hmm. it to be done. Mm -hmm. So I don't agree there. But yeah. Bookworm, we hear you. We see you. And you're entitled to your own opinion mm-hmm. and to blast it on the internet. And thank you, because we read it. And yeah, <laughs> it you're all- welcome. <laughs> all right, well, that's all we have for you today, folks. So until next time, may your books be your lover. And your hand, your best friend.